0: I felt me full of I grabbed that I was with the devil below in his great big fiery hall where the devil was giving a ball. I checked my coat and hat and started gazing at the merry crowd who came to witness the show. And I must confess to you, there were many there I knew Hello that hi. the devil.
1: Welcome to The Dispatchist, a friendly conversation about hell and some other stuff. With me this week are my co-hosts, Victoria. Hello. And Jamin. Hello. And I'm Jacob. Hello. this is episode 73 of The Dispatchist, Baffy Party. Yay!
2: I'm Baffomania.
3: Hey, boy. Hey, boy. It's bath time. Oh. Oh, oh he ran away. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, before we get started with our topic, did anybody bring anything to the
2: party? I brought, uh, I have to find it now. Somehow it went missing. Uh, Hold for drink. Hold for drink. Ah, there it is. I brought a drink called the As Above, So Below. Oh. Yes. Okay,
1: so it's a layered concoction.
2: No, sadly it's not. That would have been great.
1: It should have been a layered concoction.
2: It should have been, but it sounds delicious. It really does sound delicious. How, how so? Well, it's got two ounces of bourbon. Okay. It's got two ounces of sweet vermouth, which I really like. And a fireball. This sounds no. a little weird. <laughs> fireball. No. <laughs> oh. Why
1: does fireball have the bad rep here? I don't drink enough to know.
2: I think it's because that's the choice of underage drinkers. Oh, okay. Oh, what, did we talk about this? That it's the liquor that you drink? So that it just smells like you've been chewing cinnamon gum?
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yep. Uh-huh. So you've just been chewing big red gum. It's
3: it's uh it's palatable. Right? Okay. Uh-huh. It's not you don't you don't take a tiny bottle and you you shoot it and you're like, ugh, that was gross. It was, you know, just red hots in your face, and also you get drunk.
2: okay. Okay. And nobody can smell it. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't mean to
1: digress that quickly. What <laughs> what is your what is your beverage? It began back to bourbon. the bourbon.
2: Okay, so bourbon. Sweet vermouth. This sounds a little weird. I'm not a huge fan, but 0. 0.25 ounces of Maine maple syrup. Oh. Uh, three dashes bitters, a pinch of salt, applewood chips. You'll understand why in a minute.
1: Some smoking gun.
2: A Ooh. smoking gun. Not uh, not a smoking gun, but I think a smoking gun. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Those are super fun. Oh. And a cloche. A cloche. Wait, a cloche. wait. I can spell cloche.
1: Is that a glass?
2: It's a you know, when you get it's a, uh, you know, um, Oh, room it's a cover. Service. It's a yeah. cover to
1: hold in the smoke.
2: Yep, 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 oh, yep, yep. Okay. Okay, Not okay. the hat. Yeah. It's a, but oh, I guess they're the named. Hat. The hat's yeah. probably named after the the room service thing. Um, so in in a beaker, you have to do this in a beaker, you place four to five ice cubes and then add the bourbon, vermouth, maple syrup, bitters, and salt. So you stir that until about till chilled, which is about 20 seconds. Strain contents into a martini glass, cover with a cloche and smoke with smoking gun. Well, it says for alternative home use, you could play the place, the martini glass on a baking tray, place the wood chips next to the glass and using a stick lighter, ignite until it lights on fire. And then you cover it with a large pot. So oh. most people don't have cloches or smoking or smoking guns.
1: We have both. So they do they bu- have a
2: smoking gun, though? I do. <laughs> um, so you have to keep the cocktail covered for two minutes so it gets all smoky. And then there's there's like this cool like smoke effect that you get with it. Yeah.
3: So the, the apple chips don't go in the drink. They nope. go around the drink if you need to burn it. Right. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You're making you're either smoking it like with the gun under the cloche or like you're putting the chips on fire around the glass so that it gets smoked.
1: You wouldn't want to use like a cigarette or cigar.
2: Oh no. So that'd no. be
1: close would be cloche, but no cigar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: no, I'm sorry. I, I quit. I'm sorry too.
2: Well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, believe it or not, I brought some entertainment. Oh. What? Yes. It's 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 light entertainment.
2: This isn't um, entertainment enough?
1: We we uh, apparently not. No. Nope. Um, being turned into three poison lipped flaming vultures.
2: Poison-lipped?
1: Poison-lipped flaming vultures. Okay. <laughs> but three of them, not just <laughs> one.
2: Vultures right. don't have lips.
1: Well, these vultures have lips.
2: <laughs> okay, so that's real. so they just like kind of like mouths carry It's kind
1: of Warner Brothers. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's not bad.
2: It's not bad. I,
1: think, I do think flaming vultures is a good name for either a drink or a band.
2: I think so too. Well, there's yeah. Well, there's Flaming Lips, as a band. Right. And so Flaming Vultures could be Flaming. What was it? Poison Lipped Flaming Vultures could be their cover band.
1: Yes, that's a little complicated.
2: Yes, yes, it is.
3: <laughs> well, I brought an entire tin of baklava.
0: Oh boy! Yeah.
3: I know everyone likes baklava. Is there any left? Yeah, yeah. It was just sitting on the break room at work at the table, on the table at nice. work. And I was like, no one wants this. I'm just going to take it home. It's so good.
2: So it's had an office full of people breathing over it?
3: No, no, no. I took it first thing in the morning before anybody had a chance to get to it. Okay, oh, that's, good, good. That's the less
2: good
1: move. Less sharing is caring. <laughs>
2: exactly. I'm sharing with you. Oh, thank you. It's very very cheap of you <laughs>
3: <laughs> i called my sister on the way home and she was surprised and she's like hey it's been a long time because she, she knows i hate being on the phone mm,
0: mm-hmm. and so
3: we talked and she says well thank you for calling me and i was like yeah i found my wireless earbuds in my backpack and i was like oh i don't have to hold my phone i can call you and she was like so you only did this because it was zero effort to you and i'm like i i called
2: yeah yeah I have a friend who calls whenever she has, like, she's just in a layover or something because she's bored. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I get. I mean, I'm not a huge phone person either, so I understand. I see you. I
0: see
1: you. <laughs> I feel seen. Well, how about some hell news? Gasp.
2: So, I have some, well, for me it's sad because today the lead singer of one of my favorite bands died. Oh, no. Oh, no. Shane McGowan from the Pogues. Oh, I like the Pogues. The Pogues are amazing. And they were pretty, pretty important to me when I was a youngster. And Shane McGowan's not a great person, but he was an amazing lyricist. And I still love their music. But he was young. He was only 65.
1: Oh, that's a bummer. That's a series Mm -hmm. of bummers. Mm
2: -hmm. But I think everybody should go listen to some Pogues in honor.
1: That sounds achievable.
2: Mm-hmm. they have lots of great songs that reference hell and the devil and ghosts and under the 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 dead and underworlds isn't that song
1: there's a christmas a Christmas song that I really love It's like
2: oh fairy tale of New York yeah it's mm-hmm. a great song it is really it's it's a classic yeah it's a fantastic song so the other uh, hell news I had was just that one of those human teethed fish was found in Oklahoma
1: I saw that. <laughs> I wish I hadn't. Do I need to Google this or should I not Google this? I I think you should Google it so all of us can have seen this.
2: I'll I'll send you a link. Um, Yeah. Just just
3: send him a link. (laughs) Oh,
2: yeah. So I keep wanting to call these head fish. Oh, there's a, they're called, I always want to call them pukas, but they're pakus. Yeah. they're They're kind of charming. I know. They have like kind of the little, You know sort of uh they they have like surprisingly straight teeth for a fish yeah yeah and you know they just kind of have like a little sort of george hamilton smile or something
0: oh my Um, gosh
2: yeah but uh they're not supposed to be in oklahoma so this kid just unsuspectingly caught one and you know yelled at his mom like hey mom this Oh, As fish has human teeth. Gross. Poor mom. <laughs> and so they freaked out on it and it was a catch and release pond. So they, they released it and then the game warden was like, oh no, you should not have released that fish. Yeah. Now we have to murder the whole pond. <laughs> and now they can't find it. They can't catch it again because those fish are really wily.
1: So which is worse, human toothed fish or human toothed sonic? <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say fish tooth human. And I was like
2: I remember the fish tooth sonic. No. I think or the, I think you're, the sonic. Like even worse. <laughs>
1: oh gosh, yeah.
2: I don't know. I think well, okay, so we also have to take into account that the Paku is a type of piranha. So you would get nibbled. People do get nibbled by these. Okay. In, yes. So you have to be. I don't know if this this t- human toothed Sonic would nibble nibble a person. No, he's fictional. Nibble a body. Yeah. So one is real, one is fictional. One will nibble. The other one would fictionally nibble. Yes. Um. I think I'm leaning towards human toothed fish being worse.
1: Okay. Okay. I mean, it exists. So there's that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, uh, but yeah, sometimes people, they're uh, supposedly delicious. So, is oh. that?
3: I didn't even consider the deliciosity.
2: Much deliciosity.
3: It's
1: the dish that bites back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like my I like to put up a fight. <laughs> Um, my, I don't want my food to just gum me with its lips. I want it to actually, (laughs) I
1: don't want it to do that or bite me. I'd rather, I like my food inert. Thank you. I don't want the vultures to poison me with their lips. I mean, if we're asking, Uh I was thinking thinking the flaming vulture needs to involve like some meat somehow, like maybe some thin sliced roast beef or something in the bottom.
2: Oh, my God. I feel like there's more to say about all of this, but maybe I shouldn't.
1: We're really, we're really punchy for 730.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Um, okay. Yes. We're probably too so, much
1: maple syrup.
2: I think that's it. I think there's... there's. I have
3: a question about maple syrup. Sure. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Cheap maple syrup you get from the store.
2: It's not maple. It's, no, it's, it's right, syrup. It's,
3: it, right, uh-huh. it's, it's thick and it flows.
2: Mhm.
3: Is genuine Vermont maple
1: syrup thin enough to to be mixed in a cold drink or would it thicken up? It's highly volatile and it evaporates when you uncork it. Really? No.
2: Oh, damn it. <laughs> I think it is thinner.
1: Like is real maple syrup
3: thin? Because if you were to put like glug 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 in a, into a cold drink, it would just
1: gel yeah, up at of, the bottom.
2: It would coag. Uh,
1: well, that's why you shake in a test tube.
2: Yeah. Touche. Well, you stir it a lot. You stir it like, what did it say, 20 seconds, but I don't know. I mean, I think real syrup is a lot thinner. I'm not a, I mean, I think it's because I haven't had a whole lot of real syrup. And so oh. I'm not a huge fan of maple syrup.
1: Yeah. It's maple syrup is, this is a really dumb thing that we're talking about right now. Maple syrup,
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. maple syrup
1: flows a lot uh, faster than like molasses does. It's, 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 I think it's kind of watery.
2: And I like okay. molasses. I like molasses more than I like maple syrup.
1: Molasses did
3: kill a lot of people in Boston.
2: It's true. The Great Molasses Flood, which sounds so, hilarious, but it was terrifying yeah, like,
3: and murderous. Just because it flows faster than molasses doesn't make
1: it any less dangerous.
2: No. Molasses kills.
1: Molasses kills. Yeah. This is what we talked about. We can't find any news about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I don't know. I think we we started with... with uh, Poison lips, moved to fish teeth, and now we're talking about uh, murderous molasses. Mm, that's another which good a, name. An yeah, that's our, name. our set
0: list. Murderous <laughs>
3: molasses?
2: <laughs> On with the show.
1: How On with we, the show. How about we talk about Bahamut today? Yay! Okay. That thing which brought us all here together.
2: Yes, we are here today. We are gathered here today um, to talk about the- Baffy.
1: I wish we'd gotten more pictures of the like thousand and one Baphomets we saw
2: in Boston when we
1: were there. Yeah, but... if only we'd known.
2: Yeah. I know. Well, we should have known. I don't there know were, what we were thinking. We were. Not, <laughs> we have a podcast about hell.
1: Yeah, I didn't pop, stop take photos.
2: <laughs> I did buy a lot of Baphomet earrings.
1: That was the place to go get them.
2: Mm-hmm. It really was. Yeah. It really was. Cute, cute, cute Baphomet earrings.
1: Yeah. He does it's very, he, they, they, they really make a very charismatic little button character.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you Google cute Baphomet, then there's just insanely cute. Or what, it's
3: like, the actual name brand is Baby Baffy?
2: Oh, yes. Or uh-huh. Baffy Baby? It? Good night, good night, Baffy? Baffy? Yeah. Yes.
1: Oh, the, bo- the, the book, the video. book. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so, yes, we're talking about uh, I never know. Is it Bahamut rather than Bahamut?
3: Oh, do we want to start at the very beginning? Because I want to say, there's the very beginning,
0: Uh
3: about 1000 AD, uh, 800 to 900, 800 to 1000 AD. Sure. And then early 1800s, late 1700s. And then late 1800s, early 1900s. So very recently.
0: Yes. And then then
3: Kickstarter. There's yeah, exactly. There's three phases there and there's there's other minor phases in between. We got very early, middle and then late. Well, should we start at the very very
1: very beginning? We're going to the high middle ages. Hi. No, we're going to the early middle ages. And the early middle ages is 300. When what was before the middle ages? The classical period.
2: Are they? are we starting with a Knights Templar? Thursday. Oh, damn it! <laughs> On Christmas Day, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so
2: yes,
3: Christianity. Sure. Begin at zero oh. AD. It's we, in the we book. Are, we are going back. Yeah, right. Okay. It's in the book, obviously. Right. Jesus was like, "Hey, you're Christians now," and Peter was like, "Hey, I'm the Pope." That's canon. Okay. Okay. Muhammad was 600 AD. Okay. Right, and he did this whole thing. Which carried on then moving forward four or five hundred years, three or four hundred years as the, the north, did we have the Holy Roman Empire in a thousand or no, or was that later? I think they were uh...
2: we have the crusades with the Crusades, the crusades
1: <laughs> that was a thousand, but who started it um, 15 1500s? No, 1962. Okay. Charlemagne.
3: Charlemagne. Mm -hmm. And so we have these people in the north who speak a language. We have these people in the south who speak a different language. And there's some translation errors. And literally, they just couldn't say Muhammad's name. And instead of an M, they did kind of a B. Right? And so they were like, hey, what's this dude's name? His name is i I'm sorry, what was that? And it just Mm. got transliterated, it got transfigured into Baphomet, Mm. so the very, very, very origin of the name is it's just a gross approximate of the name Muhammad, kind of like how Beijing is the city, but we have Peking duck because we just couldn't get that across.
0: Mm.
3: Here's, Here's an example. Kind of, mm-hmm. it's a phonetic shift okay. where we have things like hard vowels become, or hard consonants become soft consonants or the other way around, right? Where we have the German Schiff becomes the English ship
0: or Schlafe becomes sleep. Um, the, 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 ooh, the bathroom is in castles were called garter robes
3: and that g softened and became in english wardrobes right same thing like walter in french his name is gautier so we have that gw shift and so it's this whole like m to the b softening it's just it's a
1: gross approximation of the sounds i also feel like there was some willful mistranslation as well because you get a lot of words that are kind of nonsensical and like oh yeah absolutely early early Islamic demonization and we haven't said that yet this is the beginning of the crusade period where Mm
0: -hmm.
1: the Europe really went to town fighting the Islamic nations the the Saladin nations okay yeah Mm
0: -hmm. and
3: then this concept of this thing we thought we understood but didn't became its own free living concept when it was a mistranslation
1: before. Really, that's the very, very beginning. I, th- I feel like this is really just glossing over a lot of stuff because, Oh yes. I, I mean, it wasn't just that there was this mistranslated word. It was that the Crusades brought, okay, so Templars, going back to what, like a 1080 AD or so, kind of they started off as poor knights and ended up being quite rich knights and kind of the main military force of year of christian europe and so when the crusades were called it's like an attempt to reclaim the holy lands from iran the barbarian pagans yes they were sent down there and had some success and had some cross-cultural mixing and had some failures but also they had a lot of wealth in the states and the church decided to claim those back so upon their return they were accused of um, the entire standard list of evil things: um, right, right. witchcraft, sodomy. That's really it, honestly. Um, Kissing oh, goats, jumping up and down on relics. Oh yeah, yeah. The specifically on
2: relics, but uh, yeah, it's like oh, I saw right,
1: you pee right. on the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: There's
1: probably a song about that. <laughs> I saw you pee on that old rugged cross. Oh God!
3: <laughs> but, yeah, there was a lot of. Just misunderstanding and naming things we thought that was. Oh, this is an evil. What evil? It's it's that evil I
1: thought I saw you do. The Baphomet. So when it came time to accuse the, the Templars of uh, religious improprieties, they were accused of worshipping a Bahamut. Although at the time, it sounds like a Bahamut was also... No, that was later that a Bahamut became a general catchphrase for yeah. any little pagan thing. Yeah. Okay. Ba- and it was a Bahamut because we didn't know what it was. Right. So, do we have a list of what a Bahamut could have been? Like the, the descriptions are kind of all over the place. They are sharp and pointy. Okay. It's that little cat that waves its paw at you forever.
2: Yes, <laughs> it,
3: absolutely. It put a gold coin in the Bahamut for okay, sale. So
2: it's a wolf or a crab,
3: <laughs> for both. Honestly, every animal has evolved into a Bahamut at some point in its lifetime. At least yeah. at least twice yes. in history.
1: are a recurring evolutionary figure. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, the Templars didn't do themselves any favors by having um reliquaries on them. Oh from
1: Did that actually happen?
2: Yes. Oh. <laughs> so so the whole idea that they had this uh um Idol that was either like a cat head, a severed head, oh, some kind of head came from them carrying rel- uh, reliquaries, right? Of, um, let's see, there were a couple of different saints that they had. Um, doo-doo-doo. where was Did the it? the saints
1: have enough heads to provide?
2: See, this is this is another podcast that I want. <laughs> like, how many, how many thought, like, how many femurs. Does you know St. Thomas have because there's like five out in the world? Um, I have that problem with AI generated art, (laughs) guys,
1: guys, guys, fish and loaves, fish and loaves. Um, God will provide as many femurs as you need. God will provide you get a femur, you get a femur, (laughs) you get a femur, you get a femur.
2: (laughs) So, so, uh, the Templars. They actually, so here's some things, here's some things that led to, and uh, that actually were the kernel of truth in some of the accusations against, Tem- against Templars. One is that they potentially actually did spit on religious items like crosses as kind of desensit- to desensitization training in case they were captured by the okay. infidels and would be forced to do this thing. Okay. What? I mean, that's, 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 that's
3: logical you know it's logical okay. yeah
2: and also that they did actually carry silver gilt, gilt head reliquaries because oftentimes the reliquaries are the shape of the thing they hold right like a bone or a skull or right. you know whatever from say euphemia euphemia and um
1: Known for her you, tiny, tiny head.
2: <laughs> but, you know, it was actually, I was going to make some euphemism joke and then.
1: Oh, I, I see it. what um, you didn't do
0: there.
2: <laughs> so they, we, they merely hinted at a relic. But then Hugh de Peon, who was, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, who was the co-founder and grandmaster of the Knights Templar. So they had relics that they were carrying bones and things in these head-shaped reliquaries.
1: Okay, so I can those see that getting blown. Idols. Yeah, those getting blown wildly out of proportion.
3: Okay. Yes, I saw in the list of things that they they worshiped, Was it three faces or was it three heads? An item an idol that had three faces or three heads?
2: I think both. I think I saw Well, both. I guess if you
3: have three heads, you're going to have three faces.
2: <laughs> I well, I don't know. I mean, our heads have four sides, essentially, right? Oh, uh, though- so it's just going to be
3: like, this is my extra head, but it's just hair?
2: That's right. If we're going mean, to be, we're going to just a hairy a knob. Of, we're going to talk about a lot about shapes here in a minute. So let's just be you know, like, if we have cylindrical heads, then.
1: That's a mighty big if. <laughs> well, so the three heads, that sounds very Hecatean and a lot of other figures as well.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But also, there are uh, fake idols that called Baphomets um, that were also associated with not only like the temple like the big Venn diagram of Gnostics, Templars, and Freemasons. These were created to kind of, you know throw shade. Yeah, throw shade on these groups, but uh they're little images that are made out of stone, partly her- hermaphroditic. Um, they often have two heads or two faces okay. uh, with a beard. Yes. And but in other respects they're kind of mostly female, but they often huh. are accompanied by serpents, the sun and moon. So keep those things in mind. And other strange emblems. Keep that in mind. So and generic bearing,
1: occult figure. Yes.
2: And uh, many inscriptions, mostly in Arabic.
1: Gasp. Okay. So
2: I'll send you. We can't
1: read what heathen writings are written. You I wonder guys... what they actually said, because they were probably written by people fluent in Arabic.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with Orientalists, I mean, they made up a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, um, have you seen these little guys?
1: No, no, post it. Please get the fish teeth off my screen.
2: <laughs> Strangely enough. The... Oh,
1: God. I don't know if this is going to be better.
2: <laughs> they also had fish heads with human teeth. Um, so yeah, I just posted a little dude.
1: Oh, he's charmingly squat. looks like Bess.
2: It really does. Yeah. A little bit. Cause but you got I the ca- boobs. I know. And he's got this very broad back, which I found kind of like a little hunchback, which made him seem very, very human in a lot of ways. Like, oh, it's just kind of oh, slouchy. Oh, it has got an
3: Ouroboros belt.
2: Yeah. So where do you, so you're, you're seeing, you're seeing where this is going, right? No. Uh, <laughs> well, when we talk about the actual elements of the Baphomet, we know.
1: Okay. We can think okay. About okay. What we've
2: seen here today. Okay. Right.
1: Right. 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 Two or yes. three heads.
2: Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, this, this dude has horns. Have, he only has, but he's got he's got breasts. He's got words on his arms. Yeah. He's got the uh, Ouroboros belt. Um, he's got a little beard. He's got little horns. So he
1: has six feet toes feet on his right foot. Feet. These parody Bahamets, bah- mm-hmm. bah- bah- bahaminis when, <laughs> when when was that a thing?
2: Um, That's a very good question. I feel so, like this is
1: a little bit later, like we're having to commercialize on the witch trial type period.
2: And Actually, I think the, the stuff I saw written about them was from 1851. So again, I think they were manufactured archaeological artifacts. Mm. I'm not 100% sure um, because they are not. They're specious, specious uh, artifacts. But they're described in uh, Encyclopedia Americana from 1851. But they may have been, yeah, like fake, made then, and then discovered by Orientalists. And I use quotes around discovered.
1: So the 1800s kind of looked, Looked to all foreign parts for enlightenment type thing found a bunch of tiny idols Mm -hmm. and may have associated them with the templars and so they started kind of putting a face to bahamut who Mm -hmm. really didn't have one because he was either a cat or not a goat that was later wasn't it yes Uh yeah first generation bahamut was not a goat it was a lot of other things it was Mm -hmm. heads it was wooden heads. It was real heads.
2: So many heads.
1: It was a, so a cat heads. or three-headed, ba- a three-headed face. Wait. Or something right. sharp and pointy. Mm-hmm. You keep mentioning that. Are you
3: referring to a specific thing? No, it's just like of the items they found in their in their reliquaries, it was okay. either sharp or pointy.
2: Much like Michelle remembers. She yeah. remembered, uh, what was it? Like pointy, The pointy thing. The pointy yeah. thing. And <laughs> being the pointy thing. I'm now the pointy thing.
1: So all these all these things levied on the Templar, it's probably worth saying, are kind of the standard set of uh, blasphemies that have been leveled on people since like 200 AD or so. So no change there. This is the usual kind of satanic party idea and that that mindset.
2: It kind of carries through
1: with more gay, like a lot more gay. More
2: gay <laughs> It gets gayer and gayer. Um, yeah,
1: I assume they, they maybe they brought coal back from the south. <laughs>
2: But you know there are a lot of oh,
1: call the (laughs) eyeshadow
2: right right right
1: right 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 right.
2: There are a lot of other uh, suppositions about the name. I don't know if you guys saw any of this, and it's. I feel like this is all at Jamin's. I saw
3: wheelhouse. I saw a lot of the other suppositions, and uh, it's just it's Occam's razor word salad. Yeah. What if what if Baphomet was actually North Frisian, which is North French, like, uh, I forget there's like goodwill to you, son, and that traveled south of the Templars and it got translated back and It's like that's way too convoluted. I mean well, we I can think-
1: we can talk about them. They're fun, but well, convoluted. Probably, probably highlight and- them with the with the acknowledged you know, take take with a gallon of salt. Let me find the Frisian th- one.
2: The one that I think is the most relevant to our conversation though, is um, the one associated with, uh, Alphonse Louis Constant, who we then know as Eliphas, Okay. okay. Levy. Yeah. Levy. He created a- Levy. Because he created that acronym out of his name. Or not acronym. What is it when you, um.
3: So when we get to this, I want to talk about it because all the sources say acronym. And I was like, wait, that's not an acronym.
2: No, it's. it's- it's another thing.
3: Yeah, and I like I actually was going to ask you because when we talk about them, all uh-huh. the sources say acronym and and it it stuck that in acronym. my craw.
2: Mhm. And it's not an acronym. It's not. But he posited that it was Kabbalistic by writing backwards O H P A B which is an abbreviation of Templi Omnum Hominem Pass Abus um which is to say like it's actually Abbe Abbe Constant, which is his name.
1: But he changed his name to Abbe Constant. Presumably, the ancient, well, the Templars did not necessarily right set him up eight hundred years in advance. Exactly. We, we don't yeah, know yeah. they didn't.
2: But there's uh, that's kind of interesting. But also, there's a lot of things associated with alchemy, like the phonemes, uh, Basilis. Philosophorum metal metalloricum, which yeah. is the sovereign, best or base of metallurgical uh, philosophers.
0: Yeah,
3: so
2: that's another. That's a, I like another. I
3: like the one after that one where it's like it's actually Greek. Baphemetos, talfe de vice which means the baptism of wisdom. And I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds real. Oh, so smart.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm convinced. Oh. Oh sorry, I missed a point with uh the uh A O O H P A B actually like that's uh that's an acronym for uh abbot or father of the temple of peace of all men. But again, it's also a whatever it is, when you take those letters and you make abbey constant.
1: You have to write them backwards and also uh-huh. reverse reverse three of them.
2: Yeah, so it's like a it's a word game, uh, really. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there's a lot of um it could be oh oh, oh,
3: oh, oh. Do tell us about the Atbash.
2: Oh, the Atbash. So also, so uh Hugh Sean Sean Beld, um and this is early 20th century um argued in his book that a scene odyssey that the word Baphomet was created with knowledge of the Atbash substitution cipher, right. um, which substitutes the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet for the last, the second for the second last and so on. So Baphomet rendered in Hebrew is um, B-P-W-M-T. And so then it becomes translated uh, through Atbash becomes Shofa, which becomes Sophia.
0: Well, Which
1: is Greek for?
2: Wisdom. And this, in, guys we're so smart
1: mm, guys <laughs> uh, i hate I, so this 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 was the wall i hit when we started in bahamut research because like all these different interpretations and it's like terry pratchett's joke that if you divide the height of a pyramid by its width you get 1.3836334332 nothing. what does that mean nothing at all it doesn't mean a single blessed thing
2: well, then there's also the Crowley thing about just like, he's just going into this whole numeral, numerological, like, insane thing like oh well Uh, i thought it was this and then i did the math uh, wrong and so then it was this and then i divided by two and then you know i found the prime root of that and and it spells
0: boobies
2: (laughs) that's right then you turn your calculator upside down (laughs) i
3: i honestly at this point with the amount of research and i know this is going to be mean of me but i feel like i feel like (laughs) ozzy osbourne is a more trusted occultist than alistair crowley (laughs) <laughs> like he's, I mean, uh, he's more sane and coherent and communicative
2: I mean one of them had a reality show
3: the, yeah exactly come saying. on Crowley <laughs> what, what okay. have you done
2: I don't know yeah like I'd much rather hang out with uh, Ozzy Osbourne
3: aside
0: uh-huh.
3: there, was, there was a I don't know if it was on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or what but there was a short of uh, Ozzy Osbourne's granddaughter who's like four at the time, mm-hmm. like in the living room, and like he an old concert comes on and she just stands up and like this little blonde girl, she looks at oh, the Adler and she says, Papa, Papa, Daddy, it's Grandpa, it's Grandpa. Aww. It's the cutest
1: thing ever. One of my favorite, as long as we're talking about like Bahamut word salad, mm-hmm. I love the later like post derivation where any magical gimcrackery or little demon or something was called a buffumery.
2: I love that. It's kind of Just, like a perfumery, like a yeah, place yeah, where you yeah, go yeah, to yeah.
1: get the thing. Yeah, but it's like, you know, charming, charming, mummery, mummery, uh-huh. buffoonery, uh, that sort of kind of nonsensical, but but occultic thing. And I think I want to name a pet buffoonery. I like that. Like a finch.
2: Or, a, a finch named buffoonery.
1: I know the name is longer than the bird, probably the bird's <laughs> lifespan.
2: I think it would be good to name a hermit crab that.
1: Yes, and then it yeah. will come full circle. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Everything becomes crabs.
2: Everything becomes a crab. As
1: we as we talk about the go to Mendez, I feel like we should note that everything is filtered through both Herodotus and Budge. Budge. Budge and light. Budge is just a I, I don't I don't find it to be the best historical source. Mm-hmm. He's from that period. is Wallace Budge. He's from that period where you kind of have your hypothesis and you make that you dig the data up to fit it. And uh, I don't know, kind of a bad character in the like early Egyptian exploration phase. You know, expert but but questionable.
2: Yeah, and very salacious.
1: Yeah, and and quite mm-hmm. competitive as well. Anyway, so and then Herodotus is just wildly yes, it's all true, which. You know, it's fine if you're a podcaster.s but
2: Yeah, it's all true, and everything's a crab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a wolf, or,
1: or goat. <laughs> so anyway, the goat of Mendez. Um, this was a. Um, I can can I say the name of the city? I think I can.
2: Wasn't it Mendez? No. Oh no! What's well, the Mendesians?
1: Well, okay. So, the, so yeah, small small town in Egypt called Jedet. Which Mendez was its later name as it was translated into Greek, I think.
2: Yes, because it's uh, Ba of the Lord. The Ba of the Lord. Of, yeah, yes. <laughs> I practiced that one. Menom, Menom. Yeah, who's probably an
1: avatar or a version of Ta, kind of one of the ram gods. Mm, yep. uh, um, yeah. Anyway, so death was, you know, he was in the shape of a ram and. Herodotus, Greek, um, talks about, I think it's missionaries returning from a village describing this, where there was a town that celebrated Jebnet as their fertility god. And so, predictably, they reverenced male rams, and there was an elaborate musical number and sex scene involving them, likely exaggerated and, and again, Budge and Herodotus together is a, is a power combination. You need plenty of the elder in there as well, I think.
2: I think, I don't know. There's a th- this movie that we may or may not want to watch called, it has two names. One iteration is called The Devil's Bride. The other one is The Devil Rides Out. And the to Mendez is the big baddie, I admit, that shows up. And I think in many ways, like this is where you kind of get the idea of like, well, which is Sabbath kind of stuff. Where there's, you know, sexy times with goats.
1: Right. And that all does figure into Levy's description of mm-hmm. the uh, of goat. So any anyway, so this this story kind of trickles forward and it feeds in part into the idea of the the Black Witch's Sabbath, like you said, where everybody um goats. And, and this feels like it's kind of the standard kind of pile of slander that you voiced on any, any it's, religious it's minority One, Othering mm-hmm. list 14.
3: I guess yeah. it's probably closed. It's probably othering list three. Cause I think, oh, yeah. I think yeah. three.
2: <laughs> yeah. We um, should have a top 10 othering list. Like, okay. You know, so what the, is used the most?
1: Yeah. And so we, when we get to Levy, he's talking about the go to Mendez and uh, collides him he Elides him, combines him with the goat of the Sabbath. Uh huh. The goat of the Sabbath, which is Leonard. Um, Leonard! Just kind of throwing Leonard in there um, uh-huh. and kind of, you know, bringing together this hodgepodge of goat as center of Black mass mythology.
2: However, what's it? So I have, I kind of went through and I have like every part of Baphomet, like a discussion of each little. You know, uh, hoof to tail or nose to tail aspect of Baphomet and kind of potential understandings of it, because there's even an understanding of that this may be Christ.
1: Really? Um, from who?
2: (laughs) From or well, Aval, Levy did not necessarily like he didn't present Baphomet as a figure of dark magic.
1: No, yes. And yes and no, but mostly yes.
2: hmm. And so there was this sense of creating a figure of all kinds of unity to all represent, right. you know, all of the dichotomies brought together into one figure. And it's essentially like he's just a, ho- a hodgepodge of um, symbols. Right. Right. Uh, so, Can
3: I read uh-huh. to you a quote from Lovey's book, Dogma et Rituel?
2: Yes, you may. In English. Sure,
3: thank <clears throat> you. Okay, so we have, let me get my reading glasses on.
2: Ah! Mm-hmm.
3: And actually, we were talking about this earlier, and I wanted to bring up specifically this passage. So, here we go. We have a tarot card of the devil. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he says, below this figure, we, re- we read a frank and simple inscription, the devil, all caps. Yes, we could front here that phantom of all terrors, the dragon of all Theogenes, the Armon of the Persians, the typhon of the Egyptians, the python of the Greeks, the old serpent of the Hebrews, the fantastic monster, the nightmare, the crocmatane, the gargoyle, the great beast of the Middle-, Middle Ages, and worse than all of these, the baffet of the Templars, dot, dot, dot.
1: It goes on for several paragraphs. I thought a croque matane was a cheese sandwich.
2: That's a croque monsieur. But then what's a croque madame? Does it, which one has ham?
1: That rhymes with ham, so I'm going to go with that one. What which one you do you <laughs> dip in raspberry jelly? That's what oh. I want.
2: Oh, oh I think oh, that's yeah. the madame.
1: No, that's a that's the fried thing from Bennigan's. That's the Count of Monte Cristo. Yes, mm. no, that is not
2: the Count of Monte Cristo. Wait, is
1: it? It is a Monte, <laughs> Monte Cristo.
3: <laughs> so would a Countess de Monte Cristo be a cheese sandwich you dip in? I'm hungry. Clearly. <laughs> so okay, in this list we have a lot of names we recognize: the Araman, the Typhon, the Python, um, and of course we have the Basement, which is the worst. But one thing he says is the ancient he says the old serpent of the hebrews and we kind of had this discussion earlier is that the leviathan being the evil main monster that he's comparing
1: the devil to or is it the serpent in the garden i don't i guess it must be the serpent in the garden but that's hardly that's like bad Bad early modern theology.
0: <laughs> well,
3: this is very early modern theology. Right. And he's like, this may be his first try. So, of course, it's a little bit
1: rough. I would mean, have to say it must be the serpent in the garden, which Christians says, conflated with Satan later on. He says the old serpent. And well, I feel like kids, I don't know.
3: <laughs> I feel like levy had done enough research. Like, If we're comparing Araman and
1: Typhon, why wouldn't this be Leviathan as the old serpent? But it doesn't the old serpent is a common name for satan and i think he probably just pasted that onto and then added of the hebrews just to kind of emphasize like the age of it the garden of eden maybe also kind of suggesting the 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 chain of mythology from hebrew to christian Mm -hmm. but yeah that old that old serpent is a common name for satan
2: but he's not saying there that baphomet is satan he's actually Kind of mocking the idea that he is, because he also says the dread Baphomet, henceforth, like all monstrous idols, enigmas of antique science and its dreams, mm-hmm. is only an innocent and even pious hieroglyph. Right. In the hieroglyphic order, why not a goat as much as a lamb? On the sacred stones, of Gnostic Christians of the um, Basilidean sect are the representations of Christ under the diverse figures of Kabbalistic animals, sometimes a bird, others a lion, and again, lion or bull headed serpent.
1: We're really so, having our goat and eating it too here. Because, it's true. because like he will, oh, my, my quote that I pasted was, uh, let us say now for the edification of the vulgar, for the justification of Bowdoin the demoniac, for the greatest glory of the church, who has persecuted the Templars, etc., etc., that this is an evil simple, evil symbol of Satan. I'm abbreviating. And then later on, uh, but then there's Pan, but then there's our modern philosophy that respects Pan and the theorists of ancient Greek. So this, this figure is, very union of opposites, as well as kind of harmonious everything. Which is what he wanted. Um, well, so kind of one of the reasons we're like going on this levee dive is because that classic picture of Bahamut with, you know, he's pointing his hand upwards and his hand downwards. And then you bring them in front of you and you do the Macarena and there's light and dark and beast and human and animal and all these things. This image is, is one that he created. Yeah, the
3: light moon and the dark moon. Um, oh, what is it? It's like the Chesed and
1: the bagra, which are on the Tree of Life. Those are the, are those the words on his arms?
2: No, that's oh, those are Solve the names of the moon. Oh, okay.
1: oh yeah, yeah, Solva and Coag. But
2: um, the moons are as above, so below. Okay. The yeah, the one the pointing,
1: and then the, the candle dabbing. on his head. That that must be Gnostic. I don't get the candle on his head.
2: Well, can we talk about each of these elements? Sure. Hey, sure. Shall, we,
1: shall we tackle it top to bottom? Let me get a diagram. Sure. Were so his we're... brains highly flammable and evaporated
3: quickly when uncorked, much like maple syrup?
2: So, can we talk about as above, so below? Yes. Okay. Because that seems to be... Um, one of the important things, because we're thinking of like we're talking about the arms right now.
0: Mm-hmm, we, right.
2: We've mentioned some things dealing with the arms, the pointing at the moons, the different moons, um, that the chesed means love, and roughly translating, Geborah means like judgment. So, at all, the two are mercy with justice. And is that yes. what the
3: two are? They're not opposites, they're combinations.
2: Uh, I, well, to, in this figure, they're comp, they're combined because again mm. we have the duality, right? So it's mercy with justice. Which
0: okay, okay.
2: At least that's that's what I that's what Levy said about the two, <laughs> if we trust him. Um, but the arms say uh, "salve" and "coagula." So the up one "salve" and "coagula" um, distribution. Solve and concentration Coagula. I bought
3: that sticker from the Horror From the Holidays. Oh, did you? And she gave me some random story about it. I was like, oh, that's fun. It's a cool sticker.
2: Oh. So I wonder what this sticker is. So what is it? Does it is it just two arms that uh, say those things? <laughs> no, it just says like
1: salve at coagula oh, on a sticker. Gotcha. Yeah, like yeah. Sort of a henna tattoo sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um uh, of course, the gestures signify the as above, so below as mm-hmm. well. Not the, not just the cocktail, um, but do you know where that phrase comes from? That movie. Yes, the cave movie where they go through the nine circles of hell, right?
1: That's very foresighted of Mr. Levy.
2: <laughs> um, but so it came from a hermetic text, the uh, Emerald Tablet. Oh, Okay yeah that's which a I <laughs> is it yeah 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 oh, okay the... I guess it's sort of the, the the main one, right? That's what people were or the when I was looking at it um so, but that's in Arabic, and which may be from the Greek, but the saying supposedly is that which is below is that that which is above and that which is above is that which is below to perform the miracles of the one thing the one thing. The one thing. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm going to be fixated on what the one thing could be for the next hour and a half. (laughs) Right now it's a turkey sandwich.
2: (laughs) The one thing, the one thing that still holds true. What's that? That's the look of love.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So do you know why he has a star on his little goatee head?
2: Oh, do you want to talk about the star as well?
1: I'm asking about the star. I do not know.
2: Well, um, can I say one more thing about the phrase? Sure. So the phrase also expresses like the whole, like that one thing actually is the universe. So you can see the, you can see the macrocosm in the microcosm and the microcosm and the macrocosm. So yeah. Like both of those work together to show you the complete. Atoms soul. and solar
3: systems are the same thing.
2: Yes. Mm hmm. So and they everything affects each other. So everything is interconnected. Okay, so I have uh, I have multiple understandings of this.
1: Oh no, a symbol a symbol should have one meaning.
2: <laughs> so there's a there is a so you can I'm pointing to my little squishable Baphomet. There's yeah, a star, a star.
0: Mm-hmm. so that's a yeah.
2: pentagram, right?
1: Okay, yes, mm-hmm. five, five
2: sides. So uh, the pentagram represents spirit over matter. Okay. And, um, however, this gets complicated. Elephants. The horns and the torch, uh huh, creates a hexagram. So the, the horns and the torch combined with the pentagram create a hexagram. Okay. So, the you, yes, exactly. So you've got the, um, the is it the key of solomon the solomonic
1: yeah the symbol of this the the, the um seal of solomon is frequently yes. a six-sider
2: yes and so you have the also the pentagram and the hexagram you have the two most powerful symbols of magic with a k magic 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 with a C K. ck okay with a ck mm-hmm. okay Yes. So it's also the separate.
1: Is, is it? I, hmm, maybe that, was, I, that was
2: mentioned, but I, I am not sure about that.
1: I guess if you drew um, like, drew like it over it, that's kind of more, it's a very vertical design.
2: Mm hmm. And so then the two also represent the sacred and the profane.
1: OK, the six and the five.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh,
1: okay. uh-huh.
2: mm. Ha. So here's mm. a Jesus moment. This is why our friend Aletheia, Abraxas Aletheia, thinks that this Baphomet is actually Jesus Christ because Mm -hmm. the pentagram was used to represent the five wounds of Christ.
1: The five moods?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Happy, sad. The mood ring? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, uh, The five wounds of Jesus Christ on the cross.
3: The zounds.
2: Mm -hmm. So they are taking this to um understand that this is a representation on the bathmet of the five wounds of Christ.
1: Because of five.
2: Because of five. Okay. Exactly. And mm. that and this Christian understanding of the pentagram. I, but I of need, course I need more. Yes. <laughs> There's more. I don't know if it's going to be enough for you though. Okay. But yeah. And of course we have the pentagram when reversed becomes the goat of Mendez, Right. Or and not that... the sabbatic goat.
1: Mm-hmm. Which in that version of the goat was lifted by, was used by the um, the Levan Church of Satan as like yes. their primary challenge coin.
2: Uh-huh, exactly. They're okay. little,
1: they're sigiled.
2: Oh, but also there's that other coin that we want to make challenge coins of. Oh, um, this
1: coin, yeah.
2: Where you have I on one it's... side. Yeah, go ahead, Jamin.
3: I was gonna say, I bet it's on Etsy.
2: <laughs> but um, on the one side, it has the, the upright pentagram with mm-hmm. Adam and Eve. So you okay. have like Adam in, in, as the pentagram.
3: Um, in the, um. what's the Da Vincian yeah, the man? The, the, the Vitruvian man. The Vitruvian yes. man.
1: Yeah.
2: The Vitruvian man. And then on the other side of it, you have it inverted, and you have the goat head and a Samuel and Lilith.
1: Okay. So the two primal couples. So we've There's Lilith pair. again. Well, yeah, but you have Adam and Eve and the flip side of that is Samuel and Lilith. That is a mm-hmm. fairly common myth pair.
0: Yes. Particularly if
1: you're like really, really working with the the Kabbalah at this point, which would have been a good time period for it. A note on the boobs. Yes. We have each of us, I think, sat in Bahamut's loving lap.
2: Uh, <laughs> yes, we where have. the Satanic
1: Temple has uh-huh. their version of Bahamut, and it does not have boobs. Mm.
2: Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I did a little a little study on that because I get fixated on these things. And the reason boobs. is because I think it was just going to be too difficult to get the boobs passed as an image to be set up on the Capitol grounds as a as like protest art. So then they tried to like wrap it up in like a shawl or something, but it just looked crappy. So they decided to give him just like guy chest instead.
2: You know who the torso was modeled on?
1: Um, Betty Davis. No, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Iggy Pop. What? What?
2: Yeah, that's in the the statue.
1: Yeah, it's really Uh emaciated looking and stringy.
2: (laughs) So it's supposed to be Iggy Pop, or that was the model for the idea behind his kind of uh, sinewy. Uh, yeah. When you say it, torso. when you say
1: it, I totally see it now.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Which where interesting?
1: Where would people generally put their Caduceus?
2: Oh, one might have one in one's lap.
1: I think it's a little too suggestive, but if that's the way they want to do it, then I'm fine with that. <laughs> I put one in each ear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so of course we have this in on the stomach, in place of a phallus. Uh uh-huh. We don't have a phallus here. Right. So this is kind of in place of it. Going I back saw one on for
1: Affinity, honestly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Probably not um, accurate. <laughs> but also, interestingly, this is another jump to the uh, satanic temple, but they purposefully didn't make anything phallic because they wanted people to be able to sit.
1: Yeah. On
2: creeped out
1: <laughs> right that's legit okay
2: <laughs> and also like it would have made the ch- the whole children thing seem really problematic um oh, could have but <laughs> so the caduceus uh symbolizes all kinds of things um, make a list it's true like it can uh in in you know in, lo- in the hermetic sense or hermes because of her- what hermes represents trade negotiation and represent thursday uh-huh reciprocity that's the word i was looking for it represents a crab um <laughs> but here in in uh Levy's actual words the rod standing instead of genital genitals symbolizes eternal life so he you know purposefully said that this was in place of a phallus so it's a sign of infinity god is everything but to be everything he also must be the light and the dark so yeah so that's that's what we have about the caduce.
1: And, and 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 then like behind them there's this kind of disky thing, which I'm sure has deep meaning, but also there's like fish scales on it. Yeah. And is this some sort of an elemental reference? Like he's got a fish scaly belly.
2: He it, yeah, the the so do I'm gonna give you a little alchemical.
1: Yeah, I was just saying it's water, but is there more than that?
2: <laughs> no, it's water. It's all the elements. All the elements okay. are represented.
1: Okay, we've got mm-hmm. fire. Water, he's sitting on earth, and mm-hmm. then marketing is the overall image.
2: <laughs> and air for the wings.
1: Okay. 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 okay.
2: okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, thinking about the alchemical understanding.
1: Actually, I'm going to say something R2. about the wings just briefly. Oh,
2: yeah, please do. So, mm-hmm. on,
1: on the wings, there was a brief, heated argument with the Satanic Temple over whether to use bat wings or angel wings. Angel wings are more authentic, bat wings are just much cooler. Right. They did go with angel
2: wings. (laughs) I like that the sculptor said like, yeah, that would make it scarier. And Greaves is like, no, 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 no. That's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs)
0: One of the very few times Greaves would say such a thing, I suspect.
2: (laughs) Right, exactly. But so all of the aspects of Babamont are also supposed to be alchemical elements. So you've got salt, sulfur, mercury, and also... um, uh, Azoth, Azoth, which okay. I had never heard of before. That's like,
1: that's like Floggistan, isn't it? Is it? Is it? I don't know. I feel like it is. <laughs> I'm going to look that one up now.
2: Please do, because I don't know what it is. But of course, sulfur is the it's a, torch. It's a
1: solvent. It's like the universal solvent.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. So maybe this will make more sense then. Um, so, sulfur, the flaming torch, of course. Mercury represents the horns. Mm hmm. And not
1: the caduceus,
2: no. Well, I think mercury as an element. Well,
3: oh, not mercury is the guy, uh, hmm. but you have,
2: but you do have, hmm, hmm. That's a good point. Sorry, anywho, I'm, being, I'm
1: being difficult.
2: No, you're not being difficult. <sighs> I mean, this is all very fuzzy, all of this is very fuzzy. It's
0: mm-hmm. kind a of a fuzzy, fuzzy logic goat,
2: here. it's true. Um, so. So, actually, okay, so Mercury's the head, horns, and the arms. Salt is the cube that he's sitting on. Oh, I didn't
3: even notice the cube that he's sitting on. Yep. I just mm-hmm. linked an article from the BBC with some good pictures. Oh, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Is it salt? I mean, obviously it's salt, but well, we were there, is. guys. We were there.
2: But he's sitting on a throne in <sighs> the Satanic Temple one. He's. Not oh, we're on.
3: talking about Levy's... Mm-hmm. Levy's um, Okay. Kind of going back yeah. and forth. That's he so, is sitting well,
1: on a cube.
2: It's an interesting discussion yeah. of how they changed it. Well, um, but he's sitting
1: on a cube, and he's not on a throne in the mm-hmm. Iron version. He's on a, on another cube, so yeah. He's um, sitting on salt. Going back to uh, Lucian Greaves in his dis-
3: in his reasoning,
0: mm-hmm.
3: I-, I forget who the artist was, but like they had the conversation about removing the breasts, and that's where the children are. There's a boy child and a girl child, and that's the duality of of children.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. That it's like, sense. instead of having boobs, we'll just have a male and a female.
2: But it's also kind of a, well, I mean, we have the whole thing about the tarot and specifically like classic tarot with the Marseille deck and mm-hmm. the Rider Waite deck where you have mm-hmm. the very met looking devil with a male and a female chained and That is also kind of like okay, there's duality there, but also I feel like the children are kind of a callback to that tarot.
1: Definitely, I can see that, and Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the tarot and Bahamut kind of they go hand in hand too.
2: Mm -hmm. But sort of removing the kind of the the chains.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're they're there their own volition, and they're yeah, like the the children
2: want to be there. The children want to be there. It's a non-threatening figure, etc., etc. Oh, but so the Azoth is the, as you said, it's a solvent, the great magical with a K agent over which the adept gain mastery and control. And that is represented by the Caduceus. So, um, but also their hermaphroditic Baphomet illustrates a theme in alchemy known as the Rebus figure. Have you ever heard of the Rebus figure?
3: Is it R-E-B-E-U-S?
2: R-E-B-I-S. Okay, No. No. So it's the al- it's the result of an alchemical res- uh, reconciliation of all opposites. So it's commonly used to indicate the completion of a great work. So indicating here that Baphomet holds the key to the secrets of alchemy. So um, wait, al- yes, what's
3: the what's the rebus? What what is the symbol that he's holding?
2: Um, it just says that the her the that Baphomet the hermaphroditic um image of Baphomet represents the rebus figure okay
3: so have... if you if you have an acid and you have a base
2: mm-hmm.
3: and you mix them together it goes fizz 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 and then what's left over that's the rebus
2: well it's the completion of a great work so i don't know if that necessarily means well alch- alchemy would the the result is supposed to be gold right
1: oh no, oh, fl- no. <clears throat> the philosopher's stone was metaphorical gold was metaphorical okay like is it is it real gold or is it purification of the self
2: right okay so this would be pure purification of the self then the great yeah, yeah, work yeah. is purification of the self or gold or gold or crap so actually this gets to a political moment
1: okay okay
2: so Levy was also a socialist mm-hmm. so and, from, in, and this is oh, france ahead. this is france okay so he's a French socialist, but he believed in the emancipation of women. So he envisioned a society, a socialist society, where men and women would be equals in all ways, therefore androgynous. So uh, there's um, a quote from, of his in another source called, The two sexes will be one according to the word of Christ, the great and, 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 and androgen will be created, humanity will be woman and man. So that's another uh, layer of the whole figure, which probably goes to the Fax.
1: Hernald's
2: Arnold. book, Satanic Feminism, mm. which- because there's a section like chapter three has something about that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really have a chance to do too much research on it. We've, we've looked at them before, but mm-hmm. Fax was saying that um, this figure was a way was part of a trend at the time of uh, feminizing Satan bringing satanic and being individualism and female empowerment was kind of expressed as a satanic force. And so playing with images of the satanic and the feminine was a a game at the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So emancipation of women, the whole romantic idea of Satan, it's like, it's happening at exactly the same time as Mary Shelley, Mary Wollstonecraft. Yes. So that whole, you know. um,
3: And I just want for clarification, there is a distinction between feminizing Satan and Satanizing women.
2: Okay, please explain.
3: No, that was my question to you. Oh, that was a question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What we're doing
1: is we're feminizing Satan. We're not Satanizing women. Because we, we do, do that, we've
3: done that for the past 4,000
1: years like we're anyway. Kind of, we're kind of doing a little bit of both, but it's like a reclaiming thing.
2: Yes, and I, I, exactly, and it is, it is, it's kind of like, okay, so women are already Satanized. Let's own that and, mm. and make, use that to make us more, to empower ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, C- create a new power mm-hmm. st- structure. hmm yeah. Is Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley is that different. Mary Shelley is not Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley. Who wrote Frankenstein?
2: Well, so Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, and her mother was the one who wrote, uh, let's see, the feminist. Let me look this up for a minute.
3: It's such a small world.
2: So Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley is the one who wrote Frankenstein, but her mother was Mary Wollstonecraft, who was the um woman's rights advocate and she wrote the Vindication of the Rights of Women. Okay. So it's there's two Mary Wollstonecrafts, one's mother, one's daughter. One wrote The Vindication of the Rights of Women, and that happened like that was part of the romantic period. That was a key text in that period.
3: When was mom?
2: Oh, mom was she was from 1759
3: to 1797. Okay, so just
2: before Vie. Yeah, just so before
3: he, it, so he yeah. Would have. So he would have and had would have the Romantic period to build upon. Okay, yes, interesting.
2: Exactly, and that's key because he did.
3: Because he, yes, he did?
2: Yes, because he did.
3: Okay, so one last symbol is the torch. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Are there... Other dudes with torches on their head, or there other symbols are there other drawings of just like I have a candlestick in the middle of my forehead <laughs> What is going on here?
2: Well, we've got the Mo- we've got Moses who has the was it the like the flame of the Holy Spirit? There's something Moses had there.
1: horns in a lot of statues, well, he's also got a halo like it's it's mm-hmm. it radiant radiant glory is the same thing. And I think that comes out of the story of Pentecost and like <clears throat> acts where flame is descended on all the disciples' heads too, as a mark of wisdom and holy power.
2: hmm And but also, oh, there, go ahead.
1: The flames descended on their head, not candles grew out of their forehead. Well, I think- I, You're being a little literal there. I think it could be, you know, oh. referencing the thing.
2: Mm. Also, there's uh, some supposition that Moses has horns because again, it was sort of this anti-Semitic, representation of like okay flames you know either emanating or being you know shooting into one's head becomes horns kind of like what you're saying with b and b and m
1: so given the timetable of this we're talking about like around the end of the 17th century influences would be seeping in i think it's it is worth saying that Lucifer's Rockefeller slash Leonard has three horns, like two goat yes. horns and a third oh. horn up the middle, and that would have been oh. definitely in the public view in France, where they had the massive grimoire mm. industry. Ew. So I, it's pretty sure that any occultist would have seen that symbol because it was on the front cover of the the Red Dragon Grimoire.
2: Yes. Okay. Cool.
1: And um, referencing yes. the Go to the Sabbath, that is a reference to to Leonard.
2: Yes. Okay. See, everything comes back to Leonard.
1: Really, It does. It does. It t- when, we're,
2: when we're in charge, everything comes back to Leonard.
3: <laughs> and crabs. And, and crabs. I to say, everything evolves into Leonard at least once.
2: Mm-hmm. All hail Leonard. So uh, so just the torch, according to Levy, uh the flame of intelligence shining between his horns is the magic light of the universal balance, the image of the soul elevated above matter, as the flame, whilst being tied to matter, shines above it.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. you know what? I apparently had not read that far in Levy. I got distracted by some of his other chapters. <laughs> but it's the it's the light of intelligence, guys. This is Baphomet has a light bulb going off over his I head. Bing! Yes, exactly. <laughs> Except we didn't have light bulbs in seventeen hundred France.
2: So you had they to do the best through, we could. There was a period where it was like uh, limelight, gaslight. You know, it's worked up to. let's soon it's going to be an LED.
3: Yeah, I just—I had a great idea. Mm-hmm.
1: A torch just went off over my head. So in the Middle standards, <laughs> everybody had flame-headed goat men there to light the corners of their houses.
2: <laughs> That's right, little like chase like, the darkness away. <laughs> every night, some sort of little chimney sweet boy had to come and put it out. Um, but can I say something about his head? Yeah. Uh. So. According to Levy, again, and this is going to bring up a Jesus moment, so be warned. Um, the beast head expresses the horror of the sinner whose, whose material acting, whose materially acting solely responsible part has to bear the punishment exclusively. The soul is insensitive according to its nature. It can only suffer when it materializes. So. The
3: soul yes. can only suffer when it materializes.
2: So. The connection, well, there's also this sense of, like, Mercury is the head and the horns. Mercury, um, there's a connection between Mercury and Hermes and Jesus, but also this brings up the whole why a goat thing because there's a sense of a scapegoat. So sin being cleansed by sacrifice. And so he does talk about the scapegoat. or uh, Yeah, he actually, I think, mentions... The whole scapegoat story when we talk about why a goat. Levy talks specifically about why he chose a goat over any other animal because it does represent the scapegoat, this whole idea of sacrifice for the cleansing of sins. Also, the Templar, one of the iterations of that bath mat was supposed to be goatish, just a practical matter the shape of a goat's head allows for all of these esoteric symbols to work out. So you can Mm -hmm. have a pentagram and a hexagram. So it's just pragmatic.
1: They're very pointy.
2: Yes. So uh, this is again, one of those Jesus moments where, you know, if the head of the goat represents the sinner horror, understanding that they themselves have to be responsible for their own sin and therefore, you know, be cleansed, then you get this idea of Jesus cleansing the souls of sinners through his own mm-hmm. sacrifice. And you also get the idea of the scapegoat who is sent out into the wilderness to account for everybody's sins.
1: Is it? Does anybody else think that maybe this is a lot of gloss over I want to make something that's going to look good in a teenage poster 200 years later? Because like there, there's a certain horror <laughs> element here. You have to be forward thinking when you're in 1700s, like ritualistic magical France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but goats were kind of metal back then, and I'm yeah, not, I'm not buying like the delicate esotericism over the fact that he just wanted to kind of make something that was kind of scary and and pricked people.
2: It looks cool, <clears throat> and, and again, like you could put all this accoutrement on a goat.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially okay.
2: if you add human arms.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fifth element is marketing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, um, it's, so
1: yeah. So there's all these kind of union of opposite things and they come together and Levy is kind of recognizing like there is evil in this personification. There is the holy and the divine in this personification. There's wisdom and stupidity and all these things come together. And Levy is a universalist fundamentally. There's the idea that Maybe all roads don't go to heaven, but all roads can lead to enlightenment. And that's one of the things he's kind of framing mm. here.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's also, it's both the peanut butter and the chocolate.
1: Right, right, right. And he wants them both.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All the great tastes that taste great together, as above, so below.
1: <laughs> when I, when we've talked about this in the past, kind of what I come down to is that this is, this, you know, we can't say this is not a demon. This is not a spirit. This is a, this is a, this is an idol functionally it's Mm -hmm. it's an artistic instruction i think it's kind of like a golem almost all these union of opposites but also it references a lot of old old um and false heresies you know no one really believes the templars worship this thing except sometimes he does when he chooses to the witches never really kissed a goat and everybody knew that even at the time Mm -hmm. and i think there's a, a third layer of false heresy as well Oh, the go to Mendez is also kind of Mm. like, did this really happen? Probably not Herodotus. I mean, really. Mm -hmm. And so this, all these, this, this character that quickly becomes the face of kind of rational occultism is built on layers of like heretical lies and slanders and things like that, which is really kind of interesting to kind of, it's like a reclaiming thing again, to kind of build your rational forward-looking idol out of cultural detritus and and trash and lies
2: it's also interesting because i mean it is kind of a fake it till you make it situation because all of these sort of like okay so Babmet is sort of this just weird amalgam of all of these different like like the, it really is a it really is a decorator crab of esoteric yes, symbols it's just everything all <laughs> piled up at once and but then it becomes like this Every, you know, people who like the satanic panic just attaches everything to the image of Baphomet, like Baphomet becomes the image of the devil. And then like the whole um, idea of Templars and the Venn diagram of Templars, Gnostics and Freemasons Mm -hmm. all become associated. And so there is like, again, then we carry into the Freemasons who are alleged to have worshiped the devil and to do the same things with goats. Um, But one thing that I I almost went down this rabbit hole, but stopped myself But the taxel hoax. Have you heard about this?
1: What? So this is the the reason that like the Christian right believes that Mason's worship Satan via Bahamut.
2: Yeah. And it was just, it was a, it was a parody text that Leo Taxel wrote mm -hmm, to
1: just, it just caught on.
2: Yep. And so even though, you know, it proven time and time again that this is not true, that he was doing it to, you know, kind of poke at not only like poke at the Catholic beliefs about Freemasons, but also sort of poking at Freemasons. Mm -hmm. But all of the things that he said became the talking points against Freemasons, even though it was a parody text.
1: And weirdly, like the backbone of the secret society movement to have yes. like goat ridings and things like that. Like people uh-huh. it's not so much if you look in a mirror, a monster looks back. It's kind of like let's embrace the fun of this and make exactly. this part of uh-huh. our hidden rituals.
2: So you have the bucking goat, you know, yeah. and uh-huh and all the prank stuff. Um, I love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so taxel hoax, someday we're gonna to have to talk about or I mean i I need to I need to actually look more into that. I think it's pretty cool. So yeah.
1: So does this bring us to the 20th century yet? We got some transitional figures.
2: Oh yeah, I guess we should talk about Crowley, huh?
1: Can't avoid him. <laughs> what if <laughs> well, we just we swerve to the left? Could we, could we just run <laughs> <and> to <laughs> avoid him? But it never quite sits. Drive around Crowley. I know.
2: So what do we say? So yeah, so he then Borrowed Levy's Baphomet um, to bring into the Gnostic mass and the whole I- idea of thelema. He was
1: he was very much a showman, so having a little bit of flair and like some extra goat scare is not necessarily bad for this this figure.
2: No, 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 no. And also, well, there's a a mention of well, one of the mentions of Baphomet is in Magic Book Four, where he talks about specifically. The de- you know the relationship of baphomet to the devil um he says the devil does not exist it is a false name invented by the black brothers to imply a unity in their ignorant muddle of dispersions a devil who had unity would be a god the devil is historically the god of any people that one personally dislikes hmm. this serpent satan is not the enemy of man but he who made gods of our race knowing good and evil he bade know thyself and taught initiation he is the devil of the Book of Thoth and his emblem is Baphomet, the Androgen, who is a hieroglyph of arcane perfection. So he's using I Levy's like that words.
1: Hieroglyph mm-hmm. of arcane perfection. That is a yes. really good line. That is that's that golem thing I was kind of reaching for. Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He's like
1: a pure symbol that doesn't uh-huh. really have yeah.
2: Yeah, he's yeah, he's a pure symbol. It's a great line. And he is therefore life and love. But moreover, his letter is I in the eye. So he is the light. And his um, zodiac sign is Capricornus, the, that leaping goat whose attribute is liberty. So again, we have all the ideas of Anton LaVey Satanism. Yes. Right in here yeah, as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And mm-hmm. fr- fr- Capricorn freedom. That's
2: Capricorn freedom. Capricorn freedom. Love you. Um, but also, uh, here's where I lose interest in Crowley.
1: <laughs> it happens pretty quickly.
2: You know, <laughs> well, okay. like, like,
3: like he said, that was a really great line, and then
2: you're like, man, uh, that was a great line,
1: and then uh, moving on.
2: Because then we have, oh, go ahead.
1: You know, I don't love the thing I don't love about Crowley is it's it's pure symbolism. Like there's there's not really the sense of living spirits for me sometimes, and that's one of the things I have trouble with with Bahamut is pure symbol. It's not a it's not a it's not a them, it's an it.
2: It's true, but we always try to fill, just like, again, a golem, we're trying to fill an it with life. Like, it's our human nature to take this it and to give it agency of some kind, right? It's that's good.
3: In that sense, the periodic table of elements is a table of pure symbols, mm-hmm. which is not a personification, but it does help us
1: understand the world oh. we live in. And there are 72 elements.
0: Oh, <gasps> Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. Hey.
0: <laughs> Math. Che- science See, it checks
3: Crowley out.
2: He would then use that to name something. And then claim the, it, was the, it was some kind of.
3: He'd call it Patoe.
2: Patoe. Period,
3: the periodic uh-huh. table of elements.
2: He'd have to do it backwards. You'd have to do it backwards, Backward do it backwards and make it some big Latin. So here's where I always lose these guys. Is because they start talking like it. It starts to become like all about virility, like all these dudes are obsessed with their own virility. Okay, so <laughs> Bathmet is a representative of the spiritual nature of the spermatozoa Oh my god! Also, being symbolic of the magical child produced as a result of sex magic.
1: No. So again, okay, this is yeah. Crowley. Deep, deep Crowley here. So really it's like a man.
2: That. To <laughs> The t- entire
1: world of occultism justify a homosexual thing.
2: And, I mean, it's just like, yeah, why? Why do these guys always, like, it all comes down to man juice. Why? Just- <laughs> it's
3: holy man juice.
2: <laughs> why? Why? Satanic man juice. They, way to ruin it, Crowley. So, <laughs> anywho. That's, that's where I, I was like, I'm with you with the hieroglyphs. You lost me on the sperm.
1: <laughs> we were passing around a leve flyer from, like, I think the like sixties <laughs> or so, when he was really kind of like building up the, the 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 Church of Satan as like a product and marketing it, and it's covered with very. Um, oh, is that what that
2: was? Yeah, it's yeah. like the everything must go um yeah, it's
1: extremely it's extremely red and black and there's like there's the um hang on i need to organize my screen wait a second, a second.
2: Like wait the... that's the
1: day candle
3: where's yeah. the one
1: is that yeah, it? your
2: day-to-day candle like yeah. oh this is for your daily use yeah, uh-huh. yeah yeah
1: bahamut candle for day-to-day use seven-day candles mm-hmm. just like in the grocery store um and then let your beliefs stand tall your friends and family will hail you your enemies will fear you picture of the the bahamut uh pinnacle pointing downwards <laughs> <laughs> it's a great flyer. Uh, we found this on archive.org. Uh, it's a hoot. And it really to kind of show, wear your satanic pride on your sleeve with a one-inch button. This just very commercial.
2: <laughs> That's it reminds- okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But it looks like it reminds me of two things.
1: Big First of mega all- sale.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Three things.
1: <laughs> dot, 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 evilnow.com. This must be a 70s product. Wait, is evilnow.com a real thing?
0: Oh, no. Hang on, I'm going to
1: buy a button. Okay, I have to rewind. I'm not sure this can be real because it's got a it's got a web page. Maybe it's just a sticker. But
2: wait, oh. oh no, is it is it made up? Evilnow.com. No, it, it could
1: still be LeVayan, but I don't know. Now I now I question. Um, Where's the web from the 70s?
2: It seems very in keeping with <laughs> because he was. I mean, it really is. He, he's PT Barnum of Satanism. <laughs> you know. Um, I want a poster. So they've got product?
1: Well, this okay, so this is evilnow.com. So I'm not even sure what that is. I'm going to go there now. It doesn't okay. seem to exist. Am I spelling it right? E-V-I-L. It's for sale. Oh. I want it.
2: So you can get that as a poster?
1: I can get that as a domain.
2: Oh, we can get it as a domain? Yeah. Why isn't that snatched up? Did somebody I, let it lapse?
1: It might be, yeah. I'm gonna let it lapse. It might be expensive,
2: so it's not evil.org. That one's taken. Evil.edu.
1: Evilnow.com. Oh, <laughs> uh, so Lollipop Magazine <laughs> has a story on it from 2006. About evilnow.com? Yeah. Are you going to elaborate, or am I just gonna? Oh, here. <laughs> it's 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 literally a review
3: of that from Lollipop Magazine, but it's 2006. So this has been.
1: A newsletter for Shane Bugsby, a self-promoting lunatic who's been selling weird crap for 20 years, including Anton LaVey stuff. So, you know, we're not sure actually what this flyer is. You be the judge. History will be the judge.
2: Well, okay, so this, again, this reminds me of three things, Uh (laughs) Uh, even though it's not real um, or we don't know. We don't know. But it's definitely like, yeah, like a sales flyer that you'd find in the Sunday uh, newspaper. Two, mm-hmm. the kind of like pranks and, you know, Charles Atlas stuff that you would find in the back of an old comic book. Mm-hmm. Three, a, pro- a a toy from Obvious Plant, which is <laughs> one of my most favorite things in the world. I'm collecting Obvious Plant um, art pieces right now. I, I have the... <laughs> oh, let me introduce you to the wondrous a world of collecting obvious plant uh, toys. But my favorite one that I, I am so proud to own is the goat internet.
0: Oh, yes. They do not
2: want you to know the secret of goats. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, there's a, I put a picture in the, um, in our telegram, but this, the goat internet actually, yes. if you, it comes, it comes with a, with a, with a, a disc an old timey, I'm floppy. And what you get with it is the login to the actual goat internet. It actually exists. And it's very oh. much like AOL. Let me just throw it out there. It's like goat AOL, essentially. It is pretty amazing. But yeah, so everybody you, should buy obvious plant stuff.
3: Yeah. I linked you Shane Bugby's Twitter. He has a link tree to various other sites. And I'm going to be buying t-shirts from him later tonight. That,
1: oh that
2: okay all right so we've got we've just made uh, some shameless plugs for <laughs> a man we haven't met they don't pay us
1: anything no um but well, we need to have him on um let's 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 listen to him first
2: <laughs> okay so he's a okay where's yeah, your sense a,
1: of adventure
2: we need to get to know the guy before we talk to him probably <laughs> um, but the the thing that I'm coveting now on obvious plant is the prawn God.
3: I saw that.
2: And they also have, I, I don't know if I've, I feel like I've mentioned everything about myself on this podcast, but I, I don't know if you know the depth of my hatred of jazz.
1: Oh no, but I'm with you. I will, I will follow you. <laughs> yeah. See?
2: See, but one of the things that I'm chasing on obvious plant is uh, the uh, jazz crabs. So <laughs> this brings together many interests for me, <laughs> um, but there are little toy crabs that are jazz musicians. So mm-hmm.
1: I feel like we're going a little all over the place, and I want to <laughs> I want to I want to return to center and well, just yes. like
2: Sorry. briefly
1: nod to the the traveling wonder that is the Satanic Temple's Bahamut statue.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. which is
1: a a, a throne sized thing which you can sit down on in the church in the uh, Satanic Temple's. Home in Boston, but also it has been kind of brought to a few different places around the the country. Whenever someone has erected a Ten Commandments plaque, there you shall find the Bahamut statue. Shortly thereafter, or plans for it, or a proposal for it, or some such, as an argument in favor of separation of church and state by 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 by, by uh, marketing terror. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mhm.
1: And it's a very good statue.
2: It is lovely. It is it lovely.
1: Dominate the landscape of the Texas Capitol, given half a chance.
2: It is huge. <laughs> and um it's interesting kind of the choices made to kind of be de- uh to make it a kinder gentler baphomet
1: Yeah, it's like 20% less salacious in a few different directions. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not salacious at all. It's uh-uh. a very wholesome statue.
2: Yeah, so. it's got kids. Yeah. And I didn't realize, like, I've watched The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but I didn't know that there was a lawsuit involved.
1: Yeah. What? They, uh-huh. they they used a CGI generated thing that was strongly reminiscent of their statue. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, this is a live action one. Yes, you
2: know. yes. Okay. Okay. I thought uh-huh. it
1: was cute. I never watched it.
2: Oh, um, it's so good. It's pretty good. It's so good. I really. It got a little. There. There was. It had a few misses, but it was so enjoyable overall. It's no Lucifer, but it was still really good. Um, mm-hmm. It was somewhere between like if Riverdale is the trashiest TV show ever,
0: <laughs>
2: and Lucifer is the best. <laughs>
0: Okay, okay. Okay. Somewhere in between. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere
2: in between. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, dear listeners, thank you for joining us for another episode of this show. And we are going <laughs> to wrap up the year and dash into the holiday season, I think, with a discussion on the low-key deadly sin of gluttony. <laughs>
2: yum and
1: then nom, um, nah. and mm-hmm. then episode 75 I'm so excited <gasps> by that it's like what three quarters of a hundred and whoa maybe, mass. maybe maybe we're gonna talk about Lucifer
2: is that like what what metal anniversary is 75
1: mm-hmm. uh, di- di- diamond
2: diamond so it's our diamond episode I guess mm-hmm. so
1: yeah because we're not gonna make it to 700. 50 times whatever. No. Probably? no. No. Probably not. I
2: mean... <laughs> Please. <laughs> I mean, we, we'll all be heads in jars at that point. Okay, that's fair. You know what? If Dennis we're heads me. in
3: jars. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I okay. mean, yeah, like... <laughs>
3: Put me next to Richard Nixon. <laughs> Isn't
2: that a Futurama? Yeah. yeah. heads in jars. We'll, until we'll just we're be all, drinking Slurm.
1: Well, until we're all heads in jars, we will see you in hell. <laughs>
2: Bye. 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 Bye.
1: This podcast is copyright 2023 by the Dispatchist and is Creative Commons. You're welcome to reuse with attribution. Look for us on your favorite podcast app. Say hi to us on Twitter or Gmail at the Dispatchist. Those spaces. Check out our website dispatch.ist for episodes, show notes, and a variety of hellish resources. <laughs>